Episode 47. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet, with me, your host, Connor Hanmerty. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern have been sent off to meet Hamlet, and to see if they can intuit what might be wrong. Claudius and Gertrude are making their way through the royal business of the day, and the next person to appear is Polonius. We last saw him with Ophelia, making a plan to come to the king and discuss Hamlet's peculiar behaviour towards her. One might therefore assume that he would bring her on stage with him at this point. The first quarto does indeed have her enter with her father at this stage in the play, but she doesn't have any lines in the play until Hamlet starts telling her to get to a nunnery rather later in Act 3. Polonius comes in now with the promise of an explanation for Hamlet's behaviour, but there's court business to attend to first. Is it perhaps telling that diplomacy and foreign affairs take precedence over the distress of the young prince? Let's see. Polonius leads with business. The ambassadors from Norway, good my lord, are joyfully returned. Claudius is glad to hear this. Positive outcomes are few and far between in this play, after all. And he says, Thou still hast been the father of good news. He flatters Polonius, grateful that he can so often come with good news. Polonius is never one to hold his tongue, and has a typically overblown response to this little compliment. Have I, my lord? I assure my good liege, I hold my duty as I hold my soul, both to my god and to my gracious king. Polonius is assuring Claudius that he's just doing his duty, and that his duty is as important to him as his soul, his duties to god, and his gracious king. Better than this talk of duty, however, is his excitement at the thought of having solved the Hamlet problem, as he continues, and, I do think, or else this brain of mine hunts not the trail of policy so sure as it have used to do, that I have found the very cause of Hamlet's lunacy. Polonius is lightly staking his reputation here, saying that unless he's lost his touch, and that his brain is not what it was, hunting not the trail of policy so sure as he used to, he has found the cause, as he says, of Hamlet's lunacy. Policy is absolutely Polonius' business. He is the great statesman at work, always with an eye on the goings-on of everyone in his crosshairs. The big moment here is that he calls Hamlet's behaviour lunacy. Again, we know that Hamlet's madness is performative, but of course, Polonius doesn't know that. Claudius and Gertrude certainly don't know either. Lunacy is a particular kind of madness, intermittent phases of unrest and instability, related to the phases of the moon. Of course, this has no basis in mental health diagnoses anymore, but the implication that Polonius thinks it's temporary is important. Claudius is, of course, very interested in what Polonius might have discovered. Oh, speak of that, that do I long to hear. Never mind the ambassadors, says the king, let's talk about Hamlet. But no, Polonius is all about protocol, after all. And he insists... Give first admittance to the ambassadors. My news shall be the fruit to that great feast. Fruit was a fairly standard offering at the end of a feast, and likewise Polonius promises his information as the reward after their diplomatic work is done for the day. 
He's basically insisting that Claudius eat his vegetables before he can have dessert. Claudius agrees and encourages Polonius to go get the ambassadors. Thyself do grace to them and bring them in. Claudius now states the obvious and points out to Gertrude what she has presumably already heard. Now, perhaps there is a staging opportunity here for the conversation between Polonius and the king to have been private, but if so, Gertrude has to have been doing something pretty specific in order not to have heard them talking. Regardless, Claudius gives her a brief recap. He tells me, my dear Gertrude, he hath found the head and source of all your son's distemper. Earlier in the play, and with an audience, Claudius made a big deal of calling Hamlet our chiefest courtier, cousin, and our son. Now that he's a little more problematic as a son, and indeed now that it's just Claudius and Gertrude alone, he changes his tune. It's your son's distemper. No ambiguity there at all. Gertrude has a plain, simple explanation for the whole thing. I doubt it is no other but the main, his father's death and our o'er-hasty marriage. There's no mention of murder or of foul play, presumably because she has no idea that there was any. Hamlet is upset and acting out because his father died and she married Claudius too soon afterwards. Interesting that she calls their marriage o'er-hasty. Hasty is all very well as an acknowledgement that, yes, the marriage followed hard upon, but o'er-hasty does seem to infer something of a value judgment. Is she regretting the speed of the wedding because of the impact on her son? Claudius isn't to be drawn, eager as he is to get through the day's business so that he can get back to analysing Hamlet. Well, we shall sift him. Polonius re-enters, giving Voltamond and Cornelius the honour of him as an escort, bearing whatever the good news might be from Norway. Perhaps out of eagerness, Claudius welcomes the ambassadors less formally than we might expect. Welcome, my good friends. Say, Voltamond, what from our brother Norway? The mood seems casual, friendly even. He already knows that it's good news thanks to Polonius. Voltamand has a rather long speech in reply, and it will form the entirety of our discussion in episode 48. Thanks as ever for listening, and do be sure to follow on Twitter or on Facebook. It's at Hamlet Podcast for both. And you can check out the goodies waiting for you on the website, thehamletpodcast.com. I'll speak to you next time.